Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com, IWork, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. You know, I don't go politics very often. In fact, I don't do it very often at all because it's dangerous for me. I've got lots of opinions and nobody needs to hear those. But today we're going to talk about the privilege to vote. Today we're going to talk about why we should be getting engaged and, and what's staggering for me to understand I got the right to vote at 18 years of age and I have never missed an election since 18 because I know people died to give me that privilege to vote. I know people died to give me that opportunity to choose the leadership in my company company. How about our country? And, and so we're going to talk today about why you should be getting involved. We're not talking about issues today. We're not talking about specific politicians. We're talking about why you, a United States citizen of the greatest nation on the planet Earth, why you should be getting involved. Understand that by the slimmest of margins, elections are won or lost in this country. And if you ever wonder why certain agendas promoting certain lifestyles, promoting certain political agendas, why they get passed in your life. But how did that happen? This is a Christian nation. It's because a lot of Christians have sat on the sidelines and said, well, I don't like that candidate, so I'm just not going to vote. Understand that when you don't vote, it's like a vote for the side that you are not voting for. To vote against by not voting is really just giving up your right and just saying, I'm okay with the other side winning, whatever that side may be. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to I Work For Him today. Understand, it's not a political show. It's a right given to us by God, and we're talking about voting today. Today, we've got on the line with us Chad Conley. He is the Republican National Committee National Director of Faith Engagement. Their desire is to get us engaged in the process. Chad Conley, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, Jim. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be on here. As always, I love speaking to Christian audiences and I love your message because you're exactly right. It's not about politicians or politics or parties. It's about the principles and our, our Christian vote being heard. You know, every day, Chad, we talk on the air about the fact that our workplace, it's our mission field. And in that mission field, you and me may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. Yet you work with politicians all day long, which yeah. i that's not an easy deal. So my question is, how does your faith in Christ impact what you do each and every day? Because you're dealing in a world of compromise, but our faith is a no-compromise faith. I, I guess that's such a great way of putting it. And yeah, let me give you a little bit of background. So Chairman Priebus, who's a believer, uh, he and I had extensive conversations in 2012. I was the chairman of the South Carolina Republican Party, and as a Christian first, 
and a conservative and then a, a Republican. I was concerned when I started reading George Barna's book, Think Like Jesus, and I was actually teaching it in my Sunday school class and revealing 82 million people sitting in churches, only about 30 couple million voted. And no matter whose numbers and categories uh, define it, somewhere between 40 and 50 million people sitting in pews don't vote. So as a Christian, I was concerned because we obviously have seen policies pushed on us by politicians, even school boards and county councils, that really just, they really offend our senses and our faith. And so my frustration, and honestly, I've been kind of doing this, not within a party structure, but I've been speaking in churches for about 25 years about this very thing, is we as believers have got to be salt and light. It's a command for us in Matthew 5, and Matthew 5 doesn't tell us to be salt and light everywhere but in the political arena. It tells us to be salt and light, and I told a group of pastors yesterday, speaking out here in Las Vegas, uh, hey, look, if you read that scripture and it says if the salt were to lose its savor or its flavor or its saltiness, then we're good for nothing to be trodden under the feet of men. That's right. And boy, I don't want to be standing in front of the Father one day and being told I was good for nothing. And so I do deal with a lot of politicians. Uh, thankfully, I'm around a lot of pastors. I've been to 40 states now and spoken a little over 80,000 pastors in three years. But um, you will love... Chairman Priebus said something to me that I think about a lot and I pray about a lot when I talk to the Lord about this, because I'm honored to have been put in this spot. He said, Chad, uh, because I turned him down, Jim, the first time he offered, I was running for re-election. And uh, he said, Chad, you're an odd duck in this deal, and you love the Lord and you understand the political process. I want you to be our first ever national director of faith engagement. And really, that's when the, the Lord made it clear to me this is where he wanted well, and, and it's a humbling position to be in, but when the numbers that you just brought up, and Barna, anytime Barna comes out with research, it makes your hair curl. And I got no straight doubt. hair. No doubt. It actually puts hair back on my head. Because, I mean, you look at those numbers. If conservatives in the United States of America had voted for conservative principles, which is what Christ followers stand for, conservative moral principles, conservative uh, spending principles, because that's what the Bible supports, the elections wouldn't even have been close. They, they would have been slaughters. But yet, but yet, it's they've been neck and neck because we're sitting on the sidelines because we get caught up in recognizing a person instead of remembering that God is on the throne. God appoints our leaders, and we got to just oh, okay, we're we got to be careful today. Okay, so well, I, 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 I love I loved your intro because you said you know what I say a lot, and if we have been sitting on the sidelines, and honestly. When you start analyzing this, and you're in the media, you're, you, you have a closer view, but I've done every national political show when I was chairman and now that's on television. And you realize a lot of the media is not just unfriendly to what you and I believe as Christ followers. They're, they're pretty hostile. Oh, yeah. they, were, they think we're nut jobs. And I really think that the left and the media have been effective with scare tactics with a lot of pastors, a lot of Christians. I mean, think about how many pastors say that it's illegal to talk about issues from the pulpit. No, it's not. I know. It, it, if we, you don't have a freedom of speech in the pulpit, Jim, it, it doesn't exist in real either. Why do you think evangelicals are disenchanted with the Republican Party? Yeah, you know, that's the $64 million question in a lot of places. I, look, I think, and I say this in a lot of groups, in fact, uh, virtually every talk I give, and I, I told this, started talking this about this to my Sunday school class, you know, I'm upset about the Planned Parenthood videos, I'm upset about changing God's definition of marriage, I'm upset about... Uh, debt, uh, you know, far as the eye can see. I'm upset about our nation betraying Israel. So there's a whole list of things. I think Christians are concerned 
about those issues. But ultimately, if there's 40 to 50 million people sitting in churches not voting, then we as Christians have to take responsibility. You said it in the first segment. If we voted our numbers, we're, the non-voting segment is like the biggest voting block uh, in American political the American political spectrum. But, so, but, I, but I gotta stop you there. So you're saying that, that the Republican Party doesn't really understand why so many people are disenchanted? Do they really not no, understand no, it? I, no, I think I think a lot of people understand it. I just think that we're our voice isn't being heard because we're not going to vote. I have a pastor buddy of mine in Virginia who said the other day when I was at his church, you know, hundred uh, percent of Christians complain, but thirty three percent of them vote. I, I think that may sum it up. Look, parties are not good or bad in and of themselves. I like to tell people it's a little bit like the guy who says, I'm not going to your church. There's just a bunch of hypocrites down there. My response (laughs) is, well, come on down. One more won't matter. That's right. Parties parties only contain the people they attract. And you're never going to find the perfect candidate. Uh, Jim, i got a wife and four kids. We can't agree on a Whopper or a Big Mac. And so you're not ever going to get full agreement. And, and let's face it, with Jesus not on the ballot at any level, you're always voting for one of two people. Uh, you know, most elections are, unless it's one of the jungle oh, primaries. Oh, so, okay, okay, but I gotta, I gotta just, I gotta slow you down, because I really want to, uh, people really yeah. want to know this answer, because I think I'm speaking from a normal guy standpoint. Uh, you know, you call me a piece of the p- person in the media. Okay, yeah, I have a radio show, <laughs> but I, I, but I, I, I deal with a lot of just normal United States of America people from all across the country, and we're frustrated with politics as usual. We're frustrated with the establishment that keeps putting people in that never get jack squat done. And they blame a lot of people, but they won't stand up and do something. I mean, honestly, we've had a serious issue with Republican leadership where they've not been representing conservative principles, and they've kowtowed to the left. They're not standing up and saying, no, that's not going to happen. We funded Obamacare and Obamacare and Obamacare, and I'm dealing with small business guys all over Tampa Bay, and they are strangled by that. We funded it. We funded Planned Parenthood. We could have said no. Yes, it would have embarrassed us. We would have shut the country down. We got to do something, Chad. That's why people well, are disenchanted, Chad, because we don't seem to really. We seem to say stuff, but the but the left seems to do stuff, and we're not doing it. It's funny. Uh, your conversation. I could have just inserted my conversation with Ryan uh, Priebus three years ago when he offered me the job. I said almost exactly what you're saying. I get the frustration. I also see, um, and I talk to those legislators, they say, we never hear from pastors. We never hear from people talking about a Christian perspective. One of my efforts is really just trying to get our people activated. Dr. Falwell said in the 90s, our problem as Christians is when we win, we quit. When we lose, we quit. We assume that they're just going to do what we want them to do. But, you know, the left is very good. They have organized lobby efforts. They have organized efforts to push legislators. And if our people aren't being heard, not just at the ballot box, but, you know, you'd be stunned at how many times I stand in front of yeah, ten or 2,000 different pastors. How many of you know the name of your local reg- uh, legislator, the House member, the senator? Very, very few. How many have ever been there to visit them? Not very, very, very few. How many have sent an email or a letter? Very few. Made a phone call. So we've got – this is a much deeper problem than just saying – because I agree with it. We're frustrated. We want to do more. I will tell you this. Uh, zero Republicans voted for Obamacare. And the only time you've seen it, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but we voted to defund Planned Parenthood, voted to defund Obamacare, but we don't have the votes to sustain a veto override by Obama. So I think they've heard us. I think that they're hearing us. we got to find a way as Christians to get engaged and stay engaged. 
It's something I've worked with, Jim, at the local level in a bunch of these states I've been in. Let's find a captain. Let's find a, a church liaison, a, a pastor with somebody who's passionate in the area. Let's teach them how to use their leverage and influence to not just influence national issues, but local ones. Uh, you, you probably know this bathroom edict that's come down from the administration. What if there were some Christians on these school boards? A lot of these school board members get, get voted in with a turnout of like 4 to 8 percent. It's just atrocious. And if there was a Christian mom or a grandmother sitting in a, a school board meeting on a Tuesday night and they say, well, hey, the, the presidential administration says that now boys have to get to go to the bathrooms with girls, that mom or that grandma who's a Christian would have said, wait a minute, that's nuts. That's insane. That's, that, even, that defies common sense. My little girls aren't going to have to be subjected to that. And, and nobody, a lot of these cities or towns, never even bothered to say, wait a minute, there's been no discussion, no law passed, no, no hearings held on Congress. This is just some bureaucrat in D.C. who's passing this on, and a lot of school boards accept it and, <laughs> and pass it right along. And it was, this is a much bigger issue. Oh, and it was, all set up, it was all set up by a couple of people complaining, not thousands of people, but a couple of people complaining. And, and that's, that's the, that is part of the frustration that we, as, as a, well, I just got to reintroduce you, because we're talking today with Chad Connolly, the Director of Faith Engagement from the Republican National Committee. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a privilege for us to have Chad on, because you're getting to hear it from the guy that's dealing with Ryan's previous all day long. Long. These guys want us to get engaged, and it's not so that you vote Republican. But they just want us to get involved in the process. Ladies and gentlemen, being a voter is a privilege, and so many of us give up this privilege. Chad, as I look at my biggest frustration, I got to tell you, my my dream growing up in Minnesota was that one day I want to grow when my kids were out of high school, I want to run for the Senate. And I studied guy after guy after guy, woman after woman after woman that went to the U.S. Senate, and it said not one ever went without getting tainted. I never saw one. Now, there's a couple exceptions today, but when I was growing up, I didn't see it, and I'm like, why do I think I'd be any different? The ladies and gentlemen listening today, they want to know that a politician is willing to be elected that is going to go for one term and make a big difference and willing to risk their political career to do what they promised while they were stumping out there on the beat. That's what we're looking for. People that actually will do what they say they will do and not compromise on things that they shouldn't be compromising on. Uh, Jim, and, and great word, and uh, I, there are dozens of pastor groups who are doing what you're talking about, trying to get pastors engaged, and, you know, I've always just tried to uh, work alongside, because we're fishing from the same pool, encouraging people to get engaged, and it's like you said, I don't have to tell them you must vote for this candidate or this party. I just know if they're a conservative Christian, they're going to look at our platform and do the right thing, but um, we took a bunch of pastors, maybe about 1,500, went to a conference in D.C., and we had the meeting. Chairman Priebus spoke to him. I spoke to him. Uh, Senator Tim Scott, who's my good friend from South Carolina, who's a committed Christian. Senator James Langford uh, spoke to him, I, and a lot of congressmen. And most of the pastors were stunned because we held prayer right there in Congress. They didn't know we could do that. And th- that's what every single congressman and senator told them. There's more Christians up here now than maybe ever before. We need your help. We need your support. We need your engagement and involvement. Don't just stand on the sidelines. This stuff's important. We need your prayers of encouragement when we're doing what's right. We need your admonishment and your phone calls when you see us trying to support something maybe we don't fully understand. Let us know what you think. But going around the room, these are 1,500 pastors now who flew to D.C. for a special conference. Less than 10% had ever 
could name their senator or their congressman or their local rep or senator. Chad, I'm going to take it down a notch or two because I was really hard on you in the last <laughs> segment. Why don't you just summarize what the national, what, what, as the director of faith engagement, what is your ultimate aim? Yeah, and, and I told Chairman Priebus this. I told him in the beginning, I'm not going to go push the party or candidate. I'm really passionate and burdened by the fact that too many Christians just aren't involved in the process. So my ultimate aim is to get to the influencers. You know, George Barna says one of the biggest reasons people vote and get engaged is somebody that they respect tells them it's important. And so getting the pastors, the influencers engaged to tell them, uh, the congregations, the people in the pews, that they've got to not just vote, but they've got to engage. They've got to get to know their local legislators, their national legislators. They've got to support them. They've got to let them know what they think. Uh, they don't hear from enough Christians. So that's my ultimate aim, is to increase Christian, maximize Christian leverage in the public arena. Well, not all of us influencers, though, have money to be able to do the kind of influencing that the lobbyists get to do. And so that's, that's right. that, you know, we get, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I, I was thinking about while we we're on the break, I'm not sure if it's, it's frustration or it's disenchantment, but I mean, I've been studying politics since I got introduced to politics as a 12 year old in seventh grade. My history teacher, social study teacher did a great job and yeah. I have been, I've been following it and, and it's, I'm, we're frustrated and, and and honestly, I think that that's something. When you've seen all the infighting in your party, it's frustrating because we have a process where we had seventeen phenomenal people on the stage, a lot of phenomenal people, and we got down to one. That's the deal. And yet, so many people in our party, in the Republican Party, said, "Yeah, I'm not going to endorse him," even though I said I was going to. That kind of garbage. People should be smacked upside the head with a two by four and said. Fine, then go home. Because we with so much infighting, it's just embarrassing. And as conservatives, we're like, well, wait a minute. Why? They're no different. They're, the parties are like the same. There's all this. None of them really care about us small guys that are making fifty or $60,000 a year in a family. Nope. We don't feel like we even matter. How are you telling, how are you convincing people that we do? Well, I, it's, it's a great point because uh, just the, the Sunday of the St. Louis debate, you'll love this story. I have been going back and forth with uh, Ryan, the chairman, on text and just encouraging him, praying for him, asking him his take on stuff and telling him what I was hearing on the ground. And I really do believe the media influences this a lot. They love to divide us. They don't divide the other side. They love to divide us. So on that Sunday, a major influential pastor from a, a key state, texted me between church after, you know, Sunday morning church and Sunday night, and he said, why are all the Republicans against Trump? The party's really messing this up by not supporting Trump. And I'm like, first, don't believe everything you hear and read, because right now, Pastor, as you speak, uh, Chairman Priebus is on Trump's jet flying with him to the debate. So you can't say the party's not helping, because the party has the biggest ground game ever built. Chairman Priebus committed to that. We have over 1,100 paid staffers out in key states doing the ground game for Trump. You know, Mr. Trump's team, they got such a late start, they didn't really have the same kind of ground game that some candidates have had in the past. And so the party is what they've leaned on, and that's been a public story as well. So how does engaging people of faith make an impact? That's what I really tie it back into us Christ followers who are listening to the show today. We want to we want to know that it really matters that we vote. It, we want to yeah. know that you and the Republican National Committee are hearing us. Well, obviously, I wouldn't be here if Reichs didn't believe the same way you and I believe. I mean, to have a chairman who actually gave me the chance to do this, and no national party's ever done it, 
I think that speaks volumes. The other thing is I tell people to go to my website, GOPFaith.com, and see a little bit of what we've done because there are probably 25 or 30 videos of pastors on there telling how to get involved, why they do voter registration, how they ran it, how they hand out voter guides. There's also church legal do's and don'ts, because I know a lot of pastors think you can't do this. There are people in the pews who say, ooh, pastor, you can't talk about abortion or life from the pulpit, which is nonsensical, of course. They think they'll lose their tax-exempt status, which, of course, no pastor, no church ever has in all of history. But a big thing everybody can do right now, and you've been hammering it, is go vote. Another thing is help us distribute voter guides. Help people get informed. Now, listen, people don't know. They, they really don't know the issues. They watch glitzy ads. They listen to what people say. They don't find out what the parties or the candidates believe in. And so in your state... Well, where do you go? Chad, i got to interrupt you. Where do they go? They can't go to the newspaper. They can't go to the network news. They can't... They, I mean, they're, you, you're so limited. Where you can even go? Because you well, can't get honesty. There's no there honest reporting dozens, anymore. Dozens and dozens and dozens of organizations, pro-life, pro-family, Christian organizations that have voter guides, and I have a link to every one of them for every one of the 50 states, I believe, on our website, GOPFaith.com. GOPFaith.com. All right, I, gotta, yep. I, I want to I go to this because we got to talk about the judiciary, because I know yep, that you're yep. as passionate about it as I am. Yep. This election is going to set the stage for 40 years, more than likely, because not just one Supreme Court justice, but potentially three or four need to be replaced, as well as the federal judges, which have been writing laws for the last eight years, the district judges, the the federal judges, the appointees. This is a big deal. How talk to me, talk to the people that are listening today, why their vote is so important because of the judiciary. You know, it may be the biggest reason that Christians need to go vote. They don't realize that, you know, elected officials, especially governors and presidents, appoint sometimes lifetime judges, and you nailed it. This may be the biggest reason. I know the other day at church, in my church, I probably had 15 people say, what's the biggest issue? I said, Supreme Court, Supreme Court, Supreme Court. Say it over and over again, because you're right. Two, three, maybe four Supreme Court justices, literally the next 30, 40 years of our nation's history could be directed by nine people. You think about rulings like Hobby Lobby. Only five to four votes, five conservatives said that a Christian company could not be forced to provide Obamacare Board of Fashions to people. They couldn't be forced. But it was only a 5-4 vote. There are literally four justices who decided that, well, sure they should be forced, which is, by the way, the same vote Obamacare was passed on. Uh, You go down gun laws and gun rights and property rights and issues of life and marriage it's likely a lot of them have been five to four our side. Can you imagine if those are four to five? And so you lose the right to, you know, the Second Amendment right of uh, owning a gun. Uh, you know, Hillary Clinton's made it clear she's coming after gun rights and ammo and stuff. You know, uh, marriage is another issue that is decided by judges. So if there's no other reason that people can think of to vote, go vote because the Supreme Court is going to dictate the next partial generation, at least in America. All right, so we've made it very clear. Christ followers need to get out there and vote. Conservatives need to vote because if they don't vote, they're going to lose their rights. And I think it's really important. One of the things I've been talking to my friends about is, listen, look at who the candidates surround themselves with. Because that's one of the encouragements. When you look at the presidential candidates, which they will go unnamed, look at who they surround themselves with. 
What, what are their associations? Because there's a big difference. And I have seen one of the candidates really surround himself with phenomenal Christ-following people. And one of the other candidates, she doesn't have phenomenally Christ-following people around her. I don't know. You know <laughs> with, and her name will go unsaid. But it's so important that we understand this, Chad. But he, he, make sure that Ryan hears this. We are frustrated, and I'm super glad that he got you involved in trying to get us in, conservative Christ followers in, engaged. But it, I think it was it's it was many years too late, and he's and it's got to be an effort that doesn't wait until the next you know presidential election. It's got to be all the time, and he's got to we got to have town forums where we actually can talk to him and know that we as as little people can influence him. One more plug: What's the website? Tell people again why they need to yeah. get involved. We got a minute left. You can get all kind of information on my website, gopfaith.com, gopfaith.com. And if they want to get my newsletters, the RNC, the GOP doesn't get my list. That's only in our stuff. They only get GOP faith materials. They have stuff they can hand out, resources, voter guides, voter registration information, church do's and don'ts. It is an incredible amount of information for somebody that just wants to get involved. We can even connect you to the state legislator to make sure you have influence in your own local area as well. Chad Connolly, thank you so much for tolerating me, for letting me ask you the tough questions. We'll be praying for our nation. We'll be praying for you. Thanks so much. Thanks, brother. God bless you. Bye-bye. We've got joining us now for the second half of the show, none other than Bill Bunkley. Bill Bunkley's been on the air here in Tampa Bay over 10 years, and his show is always about local issues, local politics, but he's got connections to the White, from the from the, the State House in, in uh, Tallahassee all the way up to the White House. Bill Bunkley, welcome to I Work For Him. It's my pleasure, the 3 o'clock hour and all of your ministry and how people have been blessed here. It's my honor to be here today. I know you are as passionate about the election as I am passionate bit. about the election. And, and I, I had Ace, I told him, cut me off if I get out of control when I had Chad on, because I want to ask him tough questions. Because his his idea is to get the people of faith engaged, and the people of faith have been disengaged from the process. What is When you look at that, when you look at the level of frustration in people, and you look at their lack of involvement in the process— what do you think the solution is? Well, first I want to say Chad and I visited a few weeks ago, and uh, Chad's a veteran uh, out of South Carolina, both as a Christian in the process. And I asked the question, all right, so uh, you're heading this up for the GOP. Are you going to be around after the election? Mm. Because that's what it's all about. And so what I'd say for our people, look, let, let's be real honest. First of all, a lot of what's happening in America, we really can't blame on the other party, one party to the next. It is Christians who have disengaged from our culture. Absolutely. You know, we have been seduced by the gods of pleasure. Uh, many of us may not realize it, but the blessings and the pleasures that we've had. So, you know, we've got some tough times because, unfortunately, we follow the exact path of the Israelites, <laughs> as anybody can read in the Old Testament. It's so, amazing, the parallel. Yeah. And so, uh, first of all, we have to be real honest with ourselves, and we have to be honest with our country, because now that we've had a presidential campaign for about two weeks, it's nothing but the WWE on steroids and everybody's quote unquote into it. That's a real problem because people aren't demanding to know about the issues. And I hope some of our Christians listening today, because they follow you and they're very serious about their faith. I hope we're talking to some people who really want to talk issues. Well, and to me, it's a matter of there's so many people that complain about everything yet they're, they, they, and they give up their right to vote. And someday we might not have that right. And, and we're going to lose. I mean, it, so many of the candidates have said, we're going to go after the guns. We're going to go after marriage. Well, they're already going after marriage. They won the marriage, the culture battle in this country on marriage. They destroyed the definition of a marriage. Now, God is still in control and marriage is still something that he put in place. But 
as a country, we don't even recognize it anymore. But And that's solely because people stopped voting. Christ-following conservatives stopped voting eight years ago. And they're still not voting. That is the issue. When you look at half of the Christians that are not registered to vote, you know what really concerned me? This may be news to you, but, you know, a federal judge extended Florida's uh, yeah, registration. Yeah, very conveniently. I noticed that. 64,000 people registered in the last six days. They've got another 27,000 standing by. And the question that I put out on, on Facebook this afternoon and, and on Twitter was, I'd like some reporter to, to do a breakdown county by county because I want to know how many of those were right in Jacksonville, right in Daytona Beach, right where they were affected by the storm, and how many others were in other counties that really weren't affected by the storm, but you had one party or another getting him out you of the know boat. the answer to that question i mean it was it was t- i mean that judge i mean governor scott said hey give him one more day and the judge says no we're gonna give him another 10 i mean you know what that, that i mean that's that's where we're fighting and it's so frustrating but yet that's not the issue the issue but is why does he do it because we allow him to right because we've been disengaged right that, that was the catch question and, of the answer and that i think is the biggest issue i want to talk about let's let's tell the listeners today why they need to get engaged because it is if we don't get engaged, this may be the last time that we'll ever have a chance to get engaged. Yeah, let me say this, Jim. First of all, it is reprehensible what has come out about Donald Trump in the in the Hollywood Access Hollywood tape, okay? Now, hear me, hear me for just a moment. Uh, 50% divorce rate, men, you know, we're responsible. We as the, I still believe in two genders, by the way, this half of the gender, we're responsible for a lot of what's happening in this, in this country in terms of the abuse of women, whether it's directly, indirectly. But I'm kind of a historian and going all the way back to our founding fathers, if you really knew how much sexual immorality has been involved with all of our, with, with the lion's share of our presidents. I'm not condoning it, but what I'm saying is, is that we have, in, in a way, gotten way off track because we haven't been talking about issues. Christians haven't demanded to talk about issues. In fact, we have now done circular firing squads because different subsets, sex with subsect sections within the Christian family. We're shooting guns at each other for whether we should vote, not vote, or what are we going to do? And that's so wrong. It is. It is frustrating. And and I look at when I look at when I look at the example. And that's why I said with Chad right before the end. I said you got to look at who these people are surrounding themselves with. When you look at the two presidential candidates, who are they wanting to influence them? Is there anybody from the conservative Christian right influencing? the Democratic candidate versus is there anybody from the Christian conservative right influencing the Republican candidate? The answer is, yeah, Donald Trump has surrounded himself with a bunch of Christ followers. Is Donald Trump perfect? No. But name one president that was. It it just isn't. But is he surrounded? Who is he surrounded? Who does he want to be? And that tape was from 11 years ago. You know, I'm not, and I I am going to, I know who I'm going to vote for, and it's not going to be Hillary, if that makes it clear. But I'm voting for the Supreme Court justices. I'm voting for the hope that Donald Trump will come to Jesus, some of the saving faith of Jesus, and that his life will be never the same because of what Christ does in his life. But I've also been praying for Hillary for the same way, because what an amazing country this would be if one of the two of them became just absolutely restored and just, oh, 
Christ followers. I mean, just how cool would that be? Mm. Well, I'm with you because uh, the case that I've made and uh, put out recommendations for all of our counties here in the WTB enlisting area, and that is uh, the Supreme Court is my number one issue. And uh, because right now, if Hillary Clinton were to get elected, and she's been out raising a ton of money, not just for her campaign, but what we her campaign, what we call the down ballot campaigns, particularly the U.S. Senate, because if Hillary Clinton is elected and then the Republicans lose the U.S. Senate, that means this whole Supreme Court and the confirmation process is going to be absolutely horrendous. So uh, the polls today indicate that Marco Rubio is now uh, neck and neck with uh, his Democratic challenger. Uh, But I want to tell you, people need to get out and vote. I need to say this. Do not be dismayed by all the polls that say that Donald Trump is going to be losing this and losing it big time because there's two games going on with both of them. The, the the Main Street media, plus I don't believe all of these polls, uh, they are embellishing the fact because they want you to stay home for the... You they want to be discouraged. Over. They want you to be discouraged. Now, on the other side, know what Donald Trump's doing, what, what you'll hear tonight. He's going to be talking about the fact that this is a rigged election. Now, know who he's talking to. He is talking to the Bernie support, the Bernie Sanders supporters, because he's trying to get them to stay home because now the WikiLeaks talking about how... Hillary's not really going to embrace them. So do understand that we are getting manipulated by both sides. But the bottom line, Jim, is do not let the press vote for you. Do not let a pollster vote for you. Do not let me or you. You go out and you pray about it and you go vote and you don't give it to the press. And if you look at I wrote down my notes when I was talking to Chad Connolly from the Republican National Committee about if you just vote, vote biblically. Where is the Lord telling you to vote? How do you you got to vote that is clear. We've been given the right to vote. Hundreds of thousands of people have died in this country for the right to vote. Millions of people have died. And and so you know you need to vote and understand what what is at stake. And a lot of people just stick their heads under the sand and go, well, I just don't want to think about it. I just don't want to think about it anymore. But it is, it's tough. There's no perfect candidate. There hasn't been a perfect candidate ever. I've been voting for, you know, over 30 years. There's never been a perfect candidate. But I do know what what behind the scenes what these candidates want to do i mean there i i would like to have my i want to have my right to keep my gun i want to have my right to choose my doctor you know i want to have my right to actually be uh, just the freedom to vote and to know that i'm being represented in dc here's a very simple analysis um if hillary clinton were to get elected and i've got a 10 year old you've got another grandson on the way i want to tell you that the blessings of freedom of religion that we've enjoyed in this country will go out to this win- out of the window for 40 or 50 years so here's the balance number 1 if 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 donald trump the despicable personal uh person of donald trump if he's elected okay he's elected for 4 years but he's given us a closed list of 20 people who are very acceptable that he will choose from from the supreme court at the very least you will be voting to maintain the balance or putting up that that wall, if you will, to keep this court balanced. And that gives us an uh, opportunity to take a look at Donald Trump for the next two years and see does he deserve another four years or not. If you give this thing to Hillary, and then if she happens, which I don't believe is going to happen, if she gets that Supreme Court, think about your children. Because here's what it is. If you want to go out and share Christ on the street corner today, you can I, I will guarantee you, keep this in archives, play this tape. If Hillary Clinton is elected, she'll put left-wing young jurists on the court. 
the First Amendment will be redefined. You will have the freedom to worship, not the free exercise thereof. That means you can worship in your church, four walls of your church. You can worship at home. But you know, don't, don't go sharing Christ at a mall or anywhere else because it will end up like Russia. You'll be elected. So what kind of America do you want to leave for your kids? Right. You, or, or, or what about the people we need? Look, the end is coming every day. We need to be sharing Christ as much as possible. And look what happens if that gets diminished. How many people are going to go to jail to share Christ? You and I will. The question is... We might go to jail because we have radio shows sharing Christ. Well, no. By the time this gets done, you won't have these radio shows because the Fairness Doctrine will come in and we'll have to do 30 minutes of Christ and 30 minutes of an atheist or 30 minutes of Republican. I mean, this whole thing is getting ready to be very crazy if we don't stick to the issues. Ladies and gentlemen, it is just... and. Don't get caught up in the politics of this. This is this is a spiritual battle. The enemy takes this battle very seriously. The souls of your coworkers and employees that you spend time with every day, the enemy knows that if he alienates you, you don't have a chance to share your faith. Vote your conscience and keep the opportunity to share your faith. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. One of the rights that we've been given by our Heavenly Father, endowed by our Creator, over 250 years ago in this country, and we are on about to just let it go. How many of you out there listening today didn't vote four years ago, didn't vote eight years ago? If you didn't and you're frustrated, look in the mirror to thank yourself for that frustration. The election and the attack on marriage, the attack on our faith, the attack on Christianity in the media has been exponentially beefed up in the last eight years and for those of you that didn't vote i'm not doing this to make you feel guilty i'm doing it to try to get your butt out of that chair get in the ballot box vote vote people you need to vote bill you spend every day trying to help the listeners of wtbn here in tampa bay and around the country on iHeartRadio understand the issues facing us as christ followers and the other kind of thing do you ever get tired of the rhetoric do you ever just get tired of this well, uh, yes, there are times when I'm worn out. There's times when we get engaged in Tallahassee. But uh, if you think about it, um, does a dentist get tired of pulling teeth? I don't know. Does they a make surgeon a lot of money get tired? It, well, you, yes, but uh, <laughs> if they've given their whole soul for that, well, it is. It haven't got much of a life. I would just say this: that anything worth having is worth sacrificing for. And we haven't had to sacrifice much for our faith in America because we've been so blessed and we have been, you know, engaging the pleasure gods. All of us have, you know, our cars, our boats and everything. I mean, we're pretty good, but you know what? We haven't been up against the wall. Sooner or later, America is not going to be number one because what I see in Revelation of what I'm teaching right now in my class, we're not we're on the playbook. Yeah. But Russia and Mr. Putin, who's writing about everything he is. So I would just tell you, it's time to A, get your house in order. B, do your part. If you know that you need to go out and vote for what I would call a Jesus-principled platform or at least Jesus-principled, the two parties, you better go out and vote. Because if not, again, just what you said, we become part of the problem. Well, and, and literally, if you want to read the platforms... You can get access to the platforms for the Democratic National Committee and the Republican National Committee. The Democratic National Committee committee removed God completely from their platform. The Republican National Committee platform has Christ throughout the platform. You did a whole show on that where where you talked about it, and and other guys have done shows as well. But it is, it's so, at times, Bill, it seems overwhelming, and you're right. When you read Revelation, the United States isn't mentioned. Eventually, we lose our sovereignty. But how fast do you want to do it? And right now, we're not persecuted for our faith much, but that's coming. 
I mean, literally, you and I, and as I look at this, as I read the platforms, I think, well, maybe we only have a year left of radio. Because if if they get what they want, they don't, they want to eliminate free speech. Study a man by the name of Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer in Germany. If you want to see what what could happen here, and don't believe that it's uh, far off, uh, it could be. The other thing I want to say is that I want to recommend, I just glanced at it before we came on the show, Rabbi Stephen Weiler, who's one of our programmers here as well. Mm-hmm. A fantastic website that takes both the Republican and Democratic platform of the issues important to Christians side by side. I just uh, invited him to pick a date to come on my show. We want to get that website to you to look at it. It's right down the alley of what you're talking about right now for Christians and for the I work for him family that's out there to be informed for this election. And and you you know what? You keep preaching it, brother, because you're strong and people are listening to your wisdom. Thanks, Bill Bunkley. It was fun. I appreciate you coming on today. GOPfaith.com. You want to find out about faith engagement with the Republican National Committee? And really, they're not pushing one agenda or another. They just want to get you engaged. You've got a right to vote. Use it. GOPfaith.com. You know, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, I know it's unusual. I know I'm usually talking about specific things and how you can take your faith to work. But honestly... This is one of the reasons that you have the right to take your faith to work is because of your right to vote. If you give up your right to vote, someday you're going to lose your right to take your faith to work. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.